Justin, Dan, and Paul are the Montreal-based trio Venicaba, and they are making some incredibly good music right now. These guys are in their mid-twenties and have a love of rock, metal, and hardcore punk from the 90s and early 2000s. They fuse elements of all those genres into their own sound and creating some of the best metal Greg and I have heard in years. They open up about the battle to stay true to their creative vision, dealing with the COVID lockdown, and hopes for what their future tour will bring. I know you'll enjoy getting to know these guys as much as we did. And at the end of the show, we actually preview their latest release, As Above, So Below. Yeah, it's fun. It's, you know, uh, we, Tim and I, uh, we're a certain age. We have all this random accumulated knowledge about shit. And, and we both have like kind of artistic souls, I think. But we completely lack artistic ability, unfortunately. So this is kind of like a new artistic medium for us, you know. And we, Tim and I and our, our other uh, partner, Jack, on the other one, we did a whole other podcast for three years. That was, you know, it, it reminded me of you when you guys were talking about how you're, you're, you're really finding the quality of your sound, you know, and, and you're doing that all yourself. I mean, we definitely went through that as podcasters and we listened to some of our very first episodes and it's like, it's unbelievable how uh, advanced Tim has got because Tim does all the sound uh, and editing for us. But um, it took us a minute and, and those struggles, you know, have made us, I think, sound a little bit better now. And we learned from that shit. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. You gotta, like, you're not gonna start off, like, amazing, you know? So you gotta, like, work your way up. We kind of have this mentality where, like, no one really gives a shit if we do it or don't do it. So you gotta do it, you know? It's like, it's you yourself that is gonna do it that will determine if people, you know, like, no one cares if you do it or not. Absolutely. Yeah, we drop our podcast, especially the old one, and and we, we didn't know if 10 people or a hundred people or no people were listening. I mean, we, we had a friend group who we would send out the link to our podcast to. And then we realized later that not even a third of them were listening to it. We're talking about like eight people, you know, and they weren't, they couldn't even muster up the energy to listen to well, us. I, so. I tell Justin all the time, like, uh, and Paul too, like, like the people that are around you the most that like, don't really believe in you, you know, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like for yeah. sure. People who are the closest yeah, to you kind of like, don't see you being better than them, exactly. kind of thing. It's like, so it's a sublimate happening behind the scenes. They're not really doing it on purpose, but they're kind of like putting your idea down. Like, yeah, they they can't see it. Like you know, we hear about artists across all mediums kind of blowing up and and getting popular. You know, and at one point they were an artist who had aspirations that nobody knew. You know, so I think it's difficult for us to think that this friend of mine or this loved one of mine or my coworker they're going to be one of those people whose artistic passion leads beyond something locally. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, you want that organic growth too, you know, you just do it and hopefully people will care and a few people will listen and share. That's more the organic path that you want to go. And us for uh, musicians, we realize like if we do no marketing, no one's going to hear our stuff. So that's the base. What we realized like with the first album, we did no marketing you know, it was a learning experience. We need to market the music to get give people a chance to listen to it. If we don't market it and put a little bit of money into advertising, then we can't expect anything necessarily. It's, uh, we have to put a little bit of money into it and try to... Especially now with no shows going on. Too, yeah. it's like, right. It anyway. seems like a very discouraging time for musicians right now. I was thinking about it. Like For anyone who wants to start a band, it's kind of like because of COVID and no shows happening like it's very difficult us we've been tight for 10 years so we have a good foundation but uh, you know we're going to keep pushing no matter what we're really trying our best and right now we're in a position where unfortunately it's we're trying to make a, ne- a positive out of a negative but none of us are working due to covid and that's allowing us to put 100 percent of our time towards music yeah and just every single day we're doing something at the studio I was trying to do a, a one video a day, a daily vlogs, but it gets a bit unrealistic sometimes because life takes over and we get like six months of winter uh, in Montreal. So mm-hmm. weather. It motivates <laughs> us to go in the studio, but the second it, it's a nice day outside, we all look at each other like, oh man, we need a break. 
<laughs> yeah, I grew up in Boston, so I, I, I know what you guys are talking about in terms of the winter. But by the way, everybody, we're talking to Dan, Paul, and Justin from Vanicava, uh, a band out of Montreal that uh, we think, Greg and I just think, are phenomenal. And uh, we just, we started, we stopped, we started again. So if you just caught on, we're having a conversation. But uh, you, you talked about, you got to do it for you, right? And I think uh, one of the things that I really struggle with is feeling like, hey, what I'm doing is really worth what someone else would listen to, right? So I've really had to fight some demons back on that. but. You all seem to have a confidence that, hey, you know, we just need to get the word out and people are going to react like, like I have when I've heard your music, like, this is really, really good and I want more. Like you said earlier, like, it brought you back to a specific era in music and like, that's what we're trying to do. Like, we're very, if we want to categorize ourselves, it's like early 2000s. That's the yeah. best way to describe it. It's like late 90s, early 2000s sound and that's definitely what we're aiming for. Well, what I was getting at with the do-it-yourself thing there, Tim, is, you know, if, if you do it enough for yourself and you're, you're with the right mindset, you can't be an asshole, you can't be negative, you can't be trying to produce music but be a dick to your brother, like, hey, you, you suck, you know, you gotta be better. Because throughout, throughout the years, we, we've met some people who've been in the industry, like, when we mastered our first album, we, ha we had no idea who was going to master the first album. We had zero idea. Mm -hmm. But everything worked out. But the second we finished the album, we met someone who has a, a crazy studio in Montreal. Like this guy, if I told you the house uh, that the studio is in, Celine Dion recorded her first song ever in the house. Wow. So just like, yeah. To give you an idea. And this guy's like in his 70s. Uh, he touched every single French Canadian uh, music uh, uh, recordings yeah. in the last like 60 years. Literally, he's been in the industry for so long. And meeting this guy, his name is Guy Rayon, by the way, he, he really guided us uh, a little bit throughout the process at the end, like explaining to us what a producer is there for. So you need a producer, someone that's there that can be guiding the musician, telling him he's on the right track, and also the sound engineer, the one that's recording. Because it's easy, I've noticed sitting in the, in the studio, the recording engineer can do something that'll take 30 minutes while the... Uh, someone's waiting to record you know and you're just sitting there and just that alone can ruin the momentum for the recording or ruin the inspiration for the artist so it's things like that that the producer has to keep in check like okay sound engineer you got to get that ready before the musician gets in and the musician you, you're you're not there to put them down you have to make them feel good and mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. if they did something wrong just say okay do it again so learning these things from this guy helped us uh for our future projects that like the untold that we released recently and this new song that we're coming out with called the uh, as above so below mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be released like within the next few weeks uh, with a music video and it's a big step up for us because we never really had a music video again we're doing everything ourselves the bass uh, the recording and at this point the music video so you know you can tell in, in in these projects that it's a it's a passion project that we're really trying to get people to hear kind of thing. And it's, we're doing it for us, but in, at the end of the day, we hope people listen to it. You know, that, that's the goal. Mm. So you're, you're at the point where you're saying, Hey, you know, we're going to do it anyway. And if people come and I, I, you know, I had to get to that place and, you know, Greg knows me and knows kind of some of the things I try to fight through with that. And Greg kind of undersold himself. He's very creative and has done more with the written word, but you know, over the last few years, um, you know, vice uh, is voice and improv, but it's just something I'm always interested in from an artistic perspective because there's also a level of vulnerability. Um, now, uh, your music is, I, I think, actually showing a little more vulnerability. Earlier on, um, it was incredibly masculine, um, and you know, uh, when I was talking about influences, and I'm really interested to what your influences are because I'm going to just say a couple influences I thought I heard, and you can just let me know. If you know them or you don't, because I'm fascinated with this, because we're about a generation apart, guys. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, fascinating to me. So um, I heard uh, Napalm Death and Cannibal Cor Corpse. You guys know them? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. So now that's late 90s death metal, right? Uh, so, okay, I'm tracking there. Um, I actually did hear a little little Iron Maiden in there. Um, not a lot. Little Iron Maiden. I, I heard, uh, you know who Mike Patton is? Faith No More, Mr. Bungle? 
I no? the band Faith No More there. Uh, okay. So you need to check out a guy named Mike Patton. Uh, he does, and he has a, a band called Mr. Bungle. I almost wore my Mr. Bungle shirt, by the way. <laughs> it's so crazy. There are elements of punk in, in your music. I, I feel like I'm describing a fine wine here, guys. Uh, you know, but I'm trying to help you understand what kind of drew me in. That's exactly what it is. It's like a mixture of like kind of that metal punk thing going on. Yeah. So for us, it was that, you know, Paul was a metalhead since day one when I met him at six years old. He was 16, yeah. I was 15. And I was only listening to punk rock, Blink-182, some 41. Link Park, all that stuff. That's I wasn't right. really listening to Slipknot yet until I met him, and he was listening to Slipknot, uh, old school Metallica. You know, th- that was the early beginnings. But uh, our band kind of has this transitional phase. Like you could tell, it goes from like a little bit more punk to now we're getting metal. But we want to establish ourselves like from day one that we play everything. So we have soft songs, we have metal, we have in between. You know, there is a love song in the first album. The last song in the album is a it's straight up love song. So it's like to, to some people, it might be like, wow, that's weird. But we just want to let people know from day one that, hey, th- that's what we do. We, we pretty much play whatever we want to play. And, you know, we're trying to record the best uh, quality that we can. And yeah. ideally play shows. We haven't really played many shows uh, since we've been abandoned. Like it sucks because that's what we that's what we're here for. You know, we want to perform and play in front of people. but we've been kind of segregated to the studio life and just practicing at the studio, getting our foundation, the fundamentals and recording all the time. So we have that down because we've met many bands who've told us like the recording process, they hate it. And at this point, like I kind of love it because I understand it better. We're, we're in the chair. We're in the chair now. So we're, like I was mentioning our sound engineer, Alain Carlier, he, he's by trait that's uh, electrical engineer so that's his actual trade he's a professional electrical engineer but when it comes to sound engineering he's a bit too theoretical and music isn't theory it's it's feel so we had to kind of say hey daniel because like uh, we can't have like limitations and i always tell him like there shouldn't be rules in the studio like why is like why can't i make this louder the last year has has been very like We've gotten in a lot of confrontations with our sound engineer and even with the band itself because like, we're all not happy with the sound. We're like, how yeah. come it doesn't sound where we want it to sound like? And the sound engineer always gives us excuses. And then we speak to our mentor, Guilherme, the guy who mastered our album, and he just told us, like, you, you need one captain in the seat. So we had to figure out that there was the wrong person sitting in the chair. He's still a great asset to us. He, he can record fantastic. Yeah. He can do a lot of things, but he limits himself in his mind because he's has this old school mentality where it, it has to sound like Genesis. And if it sounds like Genesis, then it's like, I don't know. And I'm not trying to put him down. It's just like we've had so many fights at the studio that we had to like put our foot down and say, we have to do it ourselves. So. Yeah. Well, you guys are artists and creators and, you know, by the, the nature of his work, he's somebody who captures or you know, uh, brings to life artists and creators. So he's probably necessarily limited by what he's heard where you guys are creating something that is new, you know, for you. He he supports us like in every way, like in that sense, like he's there with us anytime we need him. And like he he records all the music and then we do all the mixing and stuff. So he's the best guide. But see, the thing is, is being a sound engineer, uh, from what I was understanding, doing research on it, reading some books, 90% of the job is psychology. So you got to get in the head of the musician and say, if it's not flowing because of what you're doing, like let's say it, the, the artist isn't getting the sound that he wants, well, you got to get in the head of the musician and give him what he wants. And a lot of times that's not the case. I'm standing in the booth waiting to sing and I'm missing things in my headphones that I should have. So when I'm singing a part, like you, you would expect to have at least some reverb delay, something to give inspiration to the musician when they're singing. But a lot of times it's just dry and I'm singing and it's like, I have no inspiration whatsoever. So that's, these are the type of things that like irk us. We're sitting there or we're like, how come it's like this? It doesn't make sense. It has to be a smooth process when you're in the studio and it has to be a fun process too. Uh, we own the studio. So the last year we looked at each other and we're like, it hasn't been fun. It hasn't been pleasant. So we have to like change that, you know, like 
And the only way to do that was to come to an agreement that we're going to do it ourselves. So, and we actually only gained control of the project like midway through the, the song that we're about to release. So the next song that you're, you're going to hear was basically us that mixed and sent it to the mastering engineer, but we only gained control like two months into the project. And that's because uh, in Montreal we got a lockdown, and yeah. we were forced to. We weren't allowed Curfew. to go to our to our own studio. Like we couldn't even go record. That set us back. And when we came back to the studio, what we heard was totally the opposite of what we wanted to hear. So Daniel looked at me like, "Yo, we got to take over," and we did. And yeah. with a little bit of confrontation, but once he calmed down, he understood that we were we weren't there to hurt him or hurt his ego. He actually had to. Uh, remove himself from the project he was the one that was a bit too like using his ego or egotistical like unfortunately like being that engineer like you might record a song and it's the demo like it's the rough draft of the song and all the artists love it and then you go to record the real version and it doesn't sound as good as the, the demo so you get in little scenarios like that like why does the demo that took 30 minutes to record sound better than the project that we spent three months recording. It doesn't make sense. The difference between him and I, or us, is that if we have a problem, we look it up right away. We have our phone, we check it out. Him, he goes home, or he tries to figure it out himself. He thinks there's some magical thing that's going to happen where I'm going to try to find, like, hope to find it. And a lot of times that's not the case. Like, everything is there. We have everything we need. And that's all I did. I used what we have. You know, we have specific plugins that make the sound sound better. I don't know if you guys are familiar a little bit with like sound uh, Ableton or recording uh, mm -hmm. and stuff. And yes. There's plugins that will make the sound sound ridiculously uh, good. And Waves plugins, I don't know if uh, Waves uh, is something that you guys use, but Waves is like the best top of the line. So we have a few Waves plugins and that's all you really need. We just put the CLA drum plugin on the drums and that's all like literally sounded 10 times better than anything we've ever done. There is no mystery, really. The information's out there, and you don't. No one has to go through the process that we went through. If you, anyone is experiencing like this type of thing where they're not getting the sound that they want, well, it's because you are the only one that can give. Like, if you're not conveying to the engineer the sound that you're looking for, you'll never get there. And that's another reason why our this this uh, song sounds so good is because we actually had a reference track to. Like we had a reference track. So let's say, uh, how can I explain it? Like the song, uh, we want the song to sound like at least this musical standard. Like we had a reference to another song that the drums and the guitar, yeah, this is like the we're going back, you know, we're going back and forth checking like, okay, it doesn't really have the bite that this guitar track has. So before this song, we were never doing that. And again, you can't just hope to find the sound. It's not going to happen like that. You have to reference something. And that's what the, this guy, Guillaume, explained to us. He's uh, been in the business for so long. Even to this day, he's listening to Eric Clapton uh, songs in his Million Dollar Studio, trying to get an idea of what they did back then. Because that's what, when you have a good studio setup, you can listen to what these guys did and mimic it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to spend the millions of dollars that they did. Because right. that's basically the budget that Eric Clapton had. And all. if you go listen to the top guys, you can get a very good understanding of what they're doing just by listening to it and breaking it down. Same thing for our music video. That, that's all I did. I, me and Paul were like, yeah, what are we going to do? We watched a music video on YouTube and broke it down and understood that there's at least 30 different shots in the music video. And we just had to kind of do our own thing with that and mimic the 30 shots. So... You can match and mirror certain things and reference things to, to get an idea of uh, how to achieve it, basically. When we went at Bad Counsel, we had a very tight idea of what we wanted to do, the three of us. So, you know, we, we were able to do that. And one of the things we said is we wanted the sound quality. When you were talking about the um, sound quality, Justin, uh, we really wanted to make sure our sound quality was as good as it possibly could be. Because we felt like if people heard sound quality, then they were going to already think it's a quality product. And then when they got into the content, they'd realize, oh, this is really good. So I, that resonated with me. Well, I listen to the podcast and they sound great. Yeah. So you, like, you guys are using, yeah, what kind of mics are you using? They uh, sound the SM7D? Yetis. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So I have a, I actually have the, um, the full Shure at my home studio, but I'm on the road right now. So I have the, uh, just the road version of the Shure. Okay. And then Jack just uses a, a little 
blue yeti ball or something mm. i don't know what the hell it is that guy uh but we are getting we're getting to the point now where we're going to start kind of having studio spaces we're just going to start doing video and oh, really? it's fun but i i did want to ask you um from a creative process do you think that the the ideas flow through you they already exist and you're just basically translating them into the real into the world that we live in it's funny you say that i literally like said that a, a few times to these guys like the music exists like paul can explain it I, I've yeah paul what I, paul looks like he got we finally got paul animated so let's uh <laughs> so talk to us paul just waiting patiently you were like almost monk like there <laughs> so i don't know like how to explain it like some of these riffs and songs that justin and i came up with before daniel was in the band like when we first started the way that we came up with it it just flowed it, it, it wasn't us something took over and just played it for us the music flowed so at this point like every time uh, me and justin talk about this type of thing he's always telling me yeah man definitely it's out there and we just grab it from the ethers and bring it into it, 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 we have to be in the right flow so yes. if we're in the right frequency everything's just coming in you know yeah. and like it tends to be when everyone's happy, obviously. Yeah. If, if someone's in a bad mood, negative mood, it messes up that flow that we can't, no one can get there. Like when everyone's in the right mindset, it's so easy to flow and get what we need. But absolutely, it, it's out there somewhere. And like once we open up that portal, whatever you want to call it, it seems to flow through us. And that's how I describe like when a song is good, because if it flowed through that way, then it, it'll flow through other people. It's not just me that it flowed through. It, it might have flew, uh, went through us and then we wrote it, but we were just the ones that got that opportunity to write it and now other people can hear it. So that's the thing. Like We still have to get the right sound quality and everything, but uh, like uh, I feel like uh, every time I pick up the guitar and I write a riff, because like, Justin and I, we both, we never really play other people's music. We just play our own stuff. So we're constantly just messing around and stuff. And I feel like every time I come up with a riff, it's like, if I didn't pick up the guitar in that moment, I wouldn't have came up with this riff, you know? Like the latest song that we recorded, like I remember coming up with the riff, like the main riff of the song, like we were jamming and it was mid song. We just played like a first album song or something. And I just started doing these notes. And like, I looked at Paul and Justin and they were like, ah, I don't know, you know, like, Kind of, what is this? You know, what are you playing? Like, let's play another song. And like, like, or like, let's actually play something because, like, it's gibberish or else. You know, it's just like you just came up with this on the spot. What is this? You know. But then, like, we built it from nothing, and it, it was pretty cool. You guys mentioned uh, you've been in lockdown or various states of quarantine over the last oh, year, fourteen months now, like all of us. And as I hear you guys talk, it sounds like you're like zeroing in on your sound. You're, you're zeroing in on what you want to communicate to the point where, you know, it even leads to friction to somebody who's kind of outside your bubble. You know, has that, uh, have you found that to be true? Like the time and kind of the hyper focus you're able to put on this stuff uh, is, is helpful. Like if there's one benefit from COVID, it's definitely this, that we were able to put like all this energy into the studio and, uh, Absolutely. learn and grow as a band yeah because we wouldn't have had that opportunity necessarily to like be the ones in the chair if this didn't happen because yeah. before that we were letting him do his thing even though we weren't happy we, we were hoping it would get better we and we didn't want to make him feel bad too yeah, like exactly. he was so we were agreeing with him you know he's older too but you know, he like, spoke to too many people who yeah. were saying it's not about being nice you have to, have to address the issue right away and that's the thing we did and got into a few confrontations, but in the end, everyone understands that we're here to help. It's not a, the problem is, is people's egos coming into play. You know, we're already three guys. And I don't know how it is with just you guys doing the podcast, but it's hard sometimes to get people together, you know, and get everyone to be able to practice every day. And people have girlfriends, people have lives. So it's, but we've established since day one that we will succeed. And, we just need to keep pushing on a daily basis. And it's not about being negative or something that it's going to help. So it happens sometimes where we're not necessarily doing stuff for like a couple of days. And I could feel Daniel's energy. We have to be at the studio. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, 
what are we going to do with that attitude? You know, we have to yeah. be constructive and do the right things. And what we're not focusing on, and I say it every day, is marketing. You've got to do more marketing. You know, you want to be at the studio recording, but it's like, what did we do marketing wise for the, the album? You know, we don't even have like a music video for any of the first album songs. And there's a couple in there that are worthy for a video. So. Regardless, though, we consider like the first album really like like a, a demo. demo. It's a demo. the demo album. That's you consider that a demo, really? Yeah, well, yeah. that's gonna we, have to read. We it. would re-record these songs in the future. Absolutely. Our mentor Guillaume always tells us like if you go back and listen to anyone's first album or first material, it does. It'll never sound like uh, you know what I mean, like. Yeah. Down the, line. the first material any band ever released is always going to sound okay, you or know, it's more thin and black and blue and very dis- distorted. Is there any song on the first album that you would say this we did? This was the closest we got to where we're going and what you're trying to describe. So someone could go back and listen. When we were so young, somehow s- sounded like right where we wanted it to be. You know, and, yeah. And that was a song that was like recorded two years yeah, prior it didn't make and sense. it just sat there so when we recorded the album i was like we have to bring this one back and the, paul didn't even have his drum track in there yet it was literally the last song we recorded was that song because paul put his drum track in and these guys didn't like it they really yeah. didn't like it every time like, yeah, i don't like this song it was I, his own i wrote it from the ground up and hoped that these guys might like it eventually and in the end since we released it they they like it now paul and uh, yeah yeah so so that's good so So they can go listen to that but i I, one of the uh, until the end uh, i i that that is my favorite track off the album awesome that's worthy to be re-recorded i I understand where you say like the cannibal orbs and stuff slayer a lot of slayer in there Uh, really was that justin were you doing both vocal tracks or who was doing the scream that's all the screams. i do the screaming nice so and the drumming on that song is really really good paul like i you know and i just don't know I, and now i can see why you're so slender because there's just i mean <laughs> the energy that goes into that but until the end it seems like you guys are stepping out and making a statement there do you want to talk a little about that song and and kind of how that song arose it, i mean it, it meant a lot to me when i heard it but i'd love to hear your version of that so basically in my personal opinion I feel like I got the inspiration when me and Justin decided to watch a movie called Shutter Island. Yes. Yeah, I just watched it a month or two ago, yeah. That's the the type of feeling I got. Yeah, we always had this like prison vibe towards the song like uh, and by the way like uh, it's funny you say until the end. That was the first song we ever wrote as yeah. a band was until the end. <laughs> really? It went through many changes. Many changes. Many yeah. changes. It got heavier up until now. I could send you an old version, man. You'll laugh. Man. Mm, that'd be awesome. Send it to me. That, that, but, but there were there are elements in that that are so. You, you did. You didn't go full death metal on that. You took elements, and then about three quarters of the way in, the song does this shift that yeah. blew my mind, and I, I just thought, all right, these guys, these guys are onto something here. And you, it didn't weigh you down. It didn't lift you up. It just all fit together. But I would have never thought of putting those styles together the way you did and that's when i started to feel like okay this is a band that knows what they're doing in terms of what their own expression is going to be as opposed to the roots that they were pulling in the funny thing about that song is it's actually two songs that you're hearing in one but we decided to merge them together Mm. so the first half where it's like all instrumental that was like sort of um an intro thing that we came up for live shows and we decided oh my sounds good we might as well just make it one song bring it together yeah yeah, so. And that's another thing. Our, our jams, when we would practice, always sounded way better than anything we ever recorded. But now, to be honest, we don't have that problem anymore. The, the latest song actually sounds better than what we sound like when we practice. So now we have to translate that to the, to the jams again. And the goal for when we, we're setting our studio back up, uh, our sound engineer has this little room and he's moving in a different room. So when we set it back up... Uh, we want to have all the instruments that we don't play. So like the bass and let's say there's some piano parts, MIDI sounds, anything we can't play mimic going through our headphones and we can still play together live and practice because the goal is if we were playing a show, we would want the system to have the extra parts that can go through. It's like any song. You, if you go to a show, there's a hundred percent of the time. That's what's happening. There's sound played on stage that are going through the system and, we want to take advantage of that and just be a trio band and have the bass going through there. We can come up with the bass line. 
And it's improving us as musicians, uh, learning how to play bass too. We're basically tackling everything that we have to tackle uh, in order to get the momentum. What's the scene like in Montreal? I know Toronto, and, and I'm, I'm, I follow a few bands out of Toronto, but I, I really don't know a lot about the Montreal scene. Is there a scene there? And, and if so, what, what's it about right now? It's a big heavy metal scene, yeah. Okay. The problem is that when you play in the city and like the sh- type of shows that like we would get offered in the city, like they're not paying gigs and they're not really like worth doing because you're bringing all your gear there. You're playing for like four or five people, and then like that's it. Literally, yeah, they, like, they make you feel like they're doing you a exactly. favor. And you have to sell tickets for them, so it's, it's like friends you're getting to the show. And it's like the scene in Montreal for like musicians who want to play shows and stuff. It's kind of weak, to be honest, because uh, mm-hmm. they're not really helping musicians out that much. And like you have to leave Montreal in order to get those shows exactly. that are actually like help you and the small me. towns outside of montreal they actually like pay they want bands to come because it's like there's nobody that lives there there's a little bit too much entertainment in montreal it's devalued yeah so are there a couple of uh, bands that you want to name check bands that you think uh we should definitely check out that you think are worthy uh that are playing in and around montreal uh which bands uh well rival's pretty good rival's a good they're really good. rival yeah. well uh the guy mac musa you should really check yeah. out because he he came to montreal he, from Miami, and we did a lot of music with him. Uh, he's more of a hip hop guy. There's this guy uh, that comes to our studio too, Zach. He has a solo project. It's pretty good too. I'll send you the link to it. Yeah, it's really good. But to be honest, like I wish I could tell you more bands uh, from Montreal, but we're so focused on our own thing. Like we're a little bit tunnel visioned, and uh, well, that's interesting. You know, just I was going to ask a question about that earlier. You know, you you guys have been together close proximity. I mean, you've grown up together, but probably this last year has taken it to a whole new level of togetherness, right? Do you guys, uh, I, I know part of like inspiration, I draw it from being out and about and being exposed to other things. Do you find any disadvantage to kind of like the intense focus that you've given? You know, are you lacking in like new ideas or anything like that? Well, especially due to COVID, like we can't do anything like that. I was hoping Paul could travel because uh, he hasn't really experienced many. He hasn't gone anywhere outside of Canada. So it's like my dad's from Singapore. I've traveled a lot, flown around the world. And, and it's, it's a nice feeling. You get the inspiration to write new songs. And I was really hoping in 2020 that he was going to have a chance to fly. But COVID screwed it up. And yeah. it, we can't even go to a chalet without feeling bad. You know, people are constantly saying, oh, you can't do this, can't do that. It, like there's a lot of uh, everybody's like so opinionated. Yeah. So it's like you can't have like a conversation about it. It's Here like, too, yeah. It's very shrill. Well, it's, how is it in Florida? Like, is it is it bad or is it good? Fucking crazy. Let's be honest. Like crazy. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't. Um, it, you know what? There's places. There's places you go where everybody's masked up and asking kind of in, in acting what you would think is, yeah, that's pretty reasonably responsible. But then, you know, then there's, then you'll, they'll have a, a, a harbor party where there's 200 boats moored together and nobody's wearing masks and they're, you know, doing shots. And, you know, and then you'll drive five more miles and, you know, you're passing through a heavily senior citizen area and they're, you know, they're boarded up and shuttered. And then, you drive up further north, and it's like anything goes. Masks, fuck that. That's for pussies, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's almost pressure not to wear a mask up in up uh, up in where Jack just, just so people know, uh, whoever's listening, uh, to give anyone an idea what's happening in Quebec. Like since December, okay, since Christmas, okay, we for for about a month, this, every non-essential business was shut down. So, and we weren't even allowed to go buy a. A bin, yeah, like Dollarama. They, a non-essential item was not allowed to be bought. So, if it wasn't uh, medical or food or th- anything, like you couldn't even buy a, a washing machine or a fridge, like literally at, during the, that time. And then, wow! But on top of that, we were uh, not allowed to go outside after eight p.m. Yeah, eight p.m. to five a.m. And that's been going on since December, and it's still happening till Marshall. It, it was it, we're going over a hundred days like this. It, it's freaking out. Like people are freaking out, and everyone here is losing their shit. To be honest, it's it's pretty Paul, fucked up. Paul has to make yeah. sure he's home at before eight p.m. Otherwise, he's gonna get a two thousand dollar ticket. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, does COVID uh, trans transmit at night only? Like that's yeah, just that's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <I keep saying laughs> 
our government is really dumb here. Like they tell people <laughs> at first they said not to wear masks, then they say to wear a mask, and like. And there's a whole thing about French down here. I don't know if you guys are familiar that like Quebec is the only place that speaks French in Canada. And they're like Nazis down here about the French. Like they're making sure like they're closing all the English schools down. No one can go to a, an English school. My parent, my dad's English. My mom's French, Quebecer. I wasn't allowed to go to an English school. Really? So I had to go to a French school my whole life. So just to give you guys an idea, like, wow. And another fucked up thing is they closed the border from Quebec to Ontario, the rest of Canada. Mm. Yeah, there's yeah. police checkpoints and everything. But if you don't have a reason to be up there, you can't go. But that's from Ontario, though. Ontario's on like a full lockdown or something. In Ontario, that's the... Uh, so Toronto's in Ontario, right? Am I, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Quebec's still trying to get its independence. Is that still a thing? Uh, I don't know about that. Like, uh, I'm going to try. Toronto, we, we want to leave before that. Toronto <laughs> was built off Montreal's back, just to mm. let you guys know. Like in the 70s, there was a law in Quebec, the Bill 101, that made the French like become like the rulers kind of thing. And like mm. anyone who was English was screwed. Like you can't even have a business with English words on the, on the paper, on the paper. Everything, everything, everything to be, has to be French. everything that was English. So all had the to businesses went to Toronto yeah. and that's how Toronto became the business in Canada. You know, it's like Montreal used to be the spot, but right. So it's, it's just, we're living in this place where they push people down. If you guys saw our roads too, like, it's like literally the most corrupt city in the world. Like, like I don't know where we do, but it's really bad. Like our roads are horrible. Like we have nice cars and stuff. Like we like driving them and, oh, but the roads, but are, the roads like, are horrible. Like you have to leave the Island to actually get like a good drive. It's pretty bad here. We still live in the fifties in New York, like mafia <laughs> style. Like it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. Wow, man. So, so what's on the horizon for you guys? So let's say that, uh, the borders, uh, open up and, um, your new stuff comes out. What's next for, for you and the band? Well, ideally we'd want to go on tour there, yeah. you know, my vision is that we keep pushing with the marketing videos and stuff and hope that someone out there can help us get shows because we need whoever's out there to understand that we have the recording uh, like in lockdown under control. We got that. We need someone who can help us get shows and then we don't mind splitting the whatever dividend. That's not the problem. We just need to play shows. So, and if they understand that we can record and they could help us get shows, basically a manager would help if someone was out there that could, mm-hmm. So the vision is hopefully someone can help us get to where we need to be. And I've told Daniel many times with the right mindset and we keep pushing. Usually if everyone's hyper-focused, the people come along, everyone, it works out, you know, you know, I would never expect uh, you guys from Florida to say that you love our stuff. Uh, That's really cool. Well, you know, that's my final point really guys is you were talking about, you want to do more marketing and that that's cool. But you know, let's think about how this conversation came to be. You know, you, you guys are in Montreal. You, you did Brian's show, right? Concerts that made us. Exactly. And I, you know, and he's in Ireland, you know, and, you know, and we're here in Florida at the time. Tim was living on the West Coast of the U.S. And, you know, here we are, three little pods of creative people who just kind of had some mutual appreciation for one another. I mean, you're this Canadian based band that's in lockdown for COVID uh, through an Irish podcaster came to our attention and we reached out and, and now we're talking. It's that's pretty powerful marketing and, and you're not even putting your effort into it. You know what I mean? So as you guys continue to focus on that, that's going to be huge. And I think with this uh, pandemic, if it's shown us anything, it's that we, we can communicate as effectively maybe not as joyfully uh, like this. So, uh, you know, I think you guys are, you're establishing a presence in, in multiple markets. It's cool. Thank you so Thanks much. So much Thank you so much. Hey, it would be really nice to see you guys in, yeah. in person. For sure. Day. I'm super excited about, and I'm excited about where you're going and uh, what you're going to be able to do. You seem to be very focused, which is exciting to me because that means you're going to do a lot more. So yeah, when you're on tour, um, I'll be watching. Let us know. We'll see. Um, and then if you ever come down the Southeast, man, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. I was going to say, don't, don't just let us know. If you come do some shows around here, you're a small enough band. You can just crash my fucking living room floor. It'll be oh, fine. Oh, you know, so. oh, I didn't hear you guys ever come to yeah, Montreal. You're welcome. Right on. Yeah. Come on. Futon and everything. <laughs> sure, yeah. That, that, right, that beach where we took the picture this morning is like, you know, hundred yards away. So I was going to say, you guys, uh, our presidents of trade colleges. That's what you guys yeah, do. Yeah, that's or? what that's what Tim and I do. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's it's We're in education. Um, and, uh, but to, if, to be honest, if, if we could just sit on a mic all day long, I exactly. know I won't speak for Greg, but I think yeah. I'm pretty sure we would do this. I mean, I wanted to be in radio, uh, and Eve, I was on college radio. Uh, this was guys, this was way back in the late eighties. Um, and, but then I just, I got a real job, right? I, I didn't think I could do it, but always wanted to. You guys have the voices for it. Yeah, so you have perfect. the personality and everything. You guys are definitely in a friendly. Yeah, we, we, we think we found our medium, you know what I mean? Like I, I wanted to be a, a comedian probably if I'm honest and a writer, you know, I, I like to tell stories and make people laugh, but I, I, I lack the courage or conviction for either. And, and, um, so that's why we're, that's part of the reason we're doing this podcast is because we're, we're interested in learning about artists like you guys who have the strength of your conviction to do the things that you're wanting to do. And that's, that's super important, I think, right now in, in the way the world is going. So that's why we're so stoked about meeting you guys. We appreciate, uh, we really the, appreciate it. Thanks for giving us the opportunity yeah. to, to talk. And, uh, for sure. Us too. Hopefully we can connect again. And like I said, if any of you guys ever want to like, just uh, rip a couple of blunts and come on the other bad council stuff, just let us know. And, uh, you know, I think you guys could hang with us. Yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. Maybe we could. Uh, we'll, we'll find some questions our... about like uh, French versus English uh, humor. Yeah. But you guys yeah, weigh yeah, in yeah, from exactly. the front line. <laughs> you guys should tune in Quebec politics. <laughs> it, it's funny. You know, exactly. we're, we're, we've become like friends with a lot of like Canadian po- oh, podcasts all over the world. And like, I'm on this thread of podcasts right before we got on this call. And three or four of the Canadian podcast folks were. Like really up in arms about something that your prime minister just did. Yeah, about the um, uh, censorship on the internet. Oh yeah, they're they are flipping out on this thread, and and so I was just like, ah, okay, I don't know anything about Canada. I, I should know more. Sneaky stuff. Canada turning like, into a dictatorship too, man. We want to. We like, if we were able to leave and go yeah, to the U.S., we, we would, would definitely. Move yeah, absolutely. The opportunities are not really happening here, uh, just in general, for anyone. Like even if you had. A university degree, you come out, you're ready to rock and can't find a job. You know, it's, it's crazy. How did you guys start uh, podcasting? Like, uh, what gave you the inspiration uh, to, to get going? So, I, I, uh, I, I, I brought together three people and myself, and we did this podcast about a fantasy baseball league that had been around for 20 plus years. And, um, but I just loved each of, each of these friends. So, I was the one connector. So, Greg. I had worked with and just loved having beers with him and just listening to him talk and tell his stories. He's funny as fuck. And then uh, Joe, who's uh, I've known for many, many years. And then Jack. Jack, I've known for 30 years. So um, Jack, we used to run around getting a lot of trouble with when I was younger. Greg knew me, one of my professional life. And then Joe, I knew through my wife. But they're all writers. And I knew that I needed to bring writers in because I couldn't tell, I couldn't construct a narrative. But what we found is that uh, like we, our friendship was really at the core of the show, I see. but we sucked. We tried to do everything. We didn't know what we were. So where you guys have a vision of what you want your band to be, we didn't. And eventually we had our Beatles moment and uh, Greg and I uh, just got into a little bit of an argument and we threw down the microphones and walked away six months later. It ruined our, that podcast. Yeah, it did. We, it, we killed it and it should have died. I think we know that <laughs> yeah. at a deeper level. Yeah. No, really yeah, like yeah. it should have died. But then Jack came back with an idea that had been, it was a germ, it germinated in that podcast, right? And this is where we, I asked about the universe, like, why did that podcast happen, right? Well, it really probably happened to create the seed for what became Bad Counsel. But we had a tough moment because Joe, we were, Joe's a friend of ours, but there wasn't space for Joe on the show. I see. And then since I was Joe's closest friend, like the mafia, they told me I had to go tell him that he wasn't on the show. So yeah, so that's what happened. Um, But it's, uh, you know, when you talked about flow and Paul, when you talked about, it's just, you can tell it's there, like, it feels like it's going through you. We get that with bad counsel, even with certain shows, we know before it goes out, what's going to hit and what's not going to hit. And it's that it's a feel. I haven't found a name for it yet beyond flow. I can't describe it yet, but it's it's definitely a feeling. Yeah, we're an inch. Um, it, and Justin, when you were talking about when someone's off, that messes our show up big time. And it does, if it's Greg, it's Jack, it's me, um, uh, Katie. Even now, as Katie's become a, a integral part of the show, 
we do have to get in the right headspace, even to like which night we record on. Yeah, we recorded on a Sunday morning and it was like uh, painful. We were all fucking asleep. You know, it just hungover. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. The timing has to be right. Right. So you guys are self producing yourselves the same as us. You know, you have to. Yeah. Tim's the man. Check and make sure, you know, the time is right and they're not eating with their wives and all these things. Everyone's not. so I'm I'm the least talented one, but I was the guy that came with an amp. You know yeah. what I mean? When the band was starting, I had the equipment, so I got in the band because that he had a van. He could he could transport the equipment. In. Yeah, I had a van, right? Exactly. You guys know the story of Ozzy Osbourne there with Black Sabbath. He just put up posters. He was acting like he was the lead singer of a famous. Yeah. Like, you just got to do it, you know. And yeah, once- that was me. That was me. But I but I love it. I absolutely love it. So I'm I'm super happy and and guys I'm I'm super glad that you came on and so spent some time with us and and um thank you for having us. Yeah, no worries. And and, oh and Dan, God. I'll keep you guys informed through you Dan about when we're about to launch and Perfect. and we'll you know, and before we launch we'll start promoting it on Bad Council too and like I said you guys will be one of our first six episodes that will drop all the same day. So future, and we'll send you a, a link to our latest song that we're about to release then. Yeah, can't that's wait. a fresh song that's yeah. a completely brand new. We just recorded. We we won't leak it, but uh, I'm I'm a I'm I'm becoming a big fan. So uh, yes, please do. And then the older version of you guys had the older version uh, that you were going to send oh, me yeah. as well, right? Thank Until you. the end, it'll give you a yeah. laugh and some boopers. That's <laughs> I don't. It's probably I probably won't even hear it, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll be like, wow, this is really fucking good. I don't know what they're talking about. Um, Tim just got a lot cooler because he knows you guys now. You know that. Check out Murs, M-U-R-S. Okay. And then check out his work with uh, a Minneapolis rapper called Atmosphere. Okay. And then the last thing, I just, I know, I just, one more thing. Do you guys know the band Bad Bad Not Good out of, out of Toronto? No, I've never heard of them. Check out, so I gave you a whole list of stuff, but Bad Bad Not Good, they're this, that, that trio. I want to say jazz, but they're not really jazz. But uh, they're they're doing with jazz what you guys are doing with metal. Wow. All right. So just, just check it out. It's a trio. The musicianship is top notch. The sounds great, but again, they they aren't limited to some kind of confined space of music. So they're creating stuff that you can reference from different points and bring it together. Just like you know, great chefs or great artists, great musicians, like what you're doing. It's bad, bad, not good. They're out of Toronto, and um, you know, their first album is great. Um, So definitely, yeah. Are they going to be on your show or? Oh, uh, I don't know. We should reach yeah, out to him. We should tell him. Hey, yeah, you know, we hey, we talked to great bands out of Canada, so uh, maybe I'll reach out to him. Okay, we'll see. is the best. Is the it best really time. is? Yeah. Apparently, right now is the best time to start a podcast because everyone's picking up the phone. You know, everyone wants to talk, so just message them for sure. They're going to answer you. You know what I see happening? I see when you guys are on tour, wherever you're playing down here, Greg and I'll be there. We'll bring Jack along, and we'll do a remote interview with you guys. Uh, you know, awesome. and and I think that would be great. We could update. We could update. You know, this and you guys could tell us about all the great shit that's going on. I yeah, see it. I, I actually states. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I want to see. I want to see Paul play drums too, man. This fucking guy, man. I want to hear about the groupie action. You know, more of these guys there. Is there shows? A lot of shows going on in Florida. No, uh, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Uh, they're doing the I mean somewhat. I probably within the next two, three yeah, months. We'll I think once we get to that tipping point with the vaccinations, then they'll they'll do it. You guys got vaccinated or I have one shot in, I get my second one next week. Okay. Awesome. Get my second one tomorrow. Yeah. Good nice. for you guys. Yeah, no, we haven't even got <laughs> yeah, you're, you guys you're young. We're we're Tim and yeah, I are, right, exactly. are well into the at risk age group, so <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All right, gentlemen. Great talking Great to you, man. Nice talking to you guys. Bye. Later. Yes, thank Great you. Talking. Later. Bye, gentlemen.